Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome everyone to Behind Enemy Lines, our show where we take a closer look at the Michigan football team's upcoming opponent. And this here is a very special edition of the show. Michigan football team has made the Big Ten championship game. They are heading down to Indianapolis for the second year in a row. And this year's opponent from the West is Purdue, the Purdue Boilermakers. So excited to have with me here today, Mick Walker, uh, who runs Boiler Sports Report, our 247 affiliate. Mick, how are you doing today? Good. How are you, Alondra? I, I am fantastic. I uh, I will admit, I did not expect Michigan to make the Big Ten Championship game last year. I also did not expect them to make the Big Ten Championship game this year. Uh, so this is... I mean, for the whole Michigan fan base, it is a very special week. Uh, it's been a very special couple of years uh, since that COVID year. Uh, and, you know, to, to make the Big Ten championship again, it feels like there's a bit of a paradigm shift happening in the Big Ten conference. Uh, one that's, you know, certainly going to change moving forward, too, as, as the conference adds USC, UCLA and shifts its divisions, I imagine. Uh but it seems like this has been a special couple weeks for Purdue as well. Um, so let's dive into that. So obviously for Purdue, this is their first Big Ten championship game appearance. Uh, Boilermakers have gone eight and four this year, six and three in the Big Ten. Uh, finished the year with three straight wins, uh, Illinois, Northwestern, and Indiana uh, to earn that title game appearance. Did need some help, but they got some help uh, when Iowa lost. But Purdue makes the shit. So, so Mick, uh, take us through this season. It's been, you know, Jeff Brom's been around the program for a while. Finally, it feels like, you know, that some things had to break their way, but they closed out the season in a way to, you know, to have a chance to, to make the Rose Bowl, to win a title, something that hasn't happened in quite some time. Yeah, I, I, I've only been on this beat for a year, so it's tough to really give the full perspective, but I think this is something that the the expect this is kind of the expectation coming in this year considering what you saw out of Wisconsin you knew they were going to be down and obviously halfway through the season they fired their head coach Iowa had their struggles and obviously those are two teams Purdue lost to this year but you bring back Aiden O'Connell you have Jeff Brom you did lose uh, George Karloftis and David Bell off to the NFL but you still had a very talented roster and one that you had to feel like you had one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Ten and I think that was kind of the expectation going forward is that Aiden O'Connell and this offense can kind of take them and win the West because the, while the West does have some smash mouth teams, obviously Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa, they are kind of the uh, the most finesse, most uh, flashy team of the West. And I think that was their blueprint was coming in. We'll throw the ball around. We'll be able to beat some of those teams and should be able to get to this point in the season. And it took some took some help, like you said, but I think they got there and they're happy to be there. 
Yeah, I, I can certainly imagine. Uh, I actually had the surprising good fortune uh, to be in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, the week uh, on Michigan's bye week, and that happened to be the the week that Purdue played at Wisconsin. Uh, so I had a chance to actually see the Boilermakers in person this year. Uh, that was not their best performance of the season. Uh, that was a game that. I think it was an 11 point game in the final score, but that was one that was uh, more of a blowout than the final score indicated. Uh, Boilermakers also lost to Iowa uh, by 20 or so points, uh, lost a wild one on the road at Syracuse early in the season. Uh, that was when I mean, Syracuse has faltered a bit down the stretch, but they had a, a really, a really good start to the season. And that included that Purdue win. Uh, and of course they lost uh, very early on. I think that was a week zero game against Penn state. Um, that again, a, a very evenly played game that, you know, Purdue actually had, you know, if tackling had been a bit better, uh, had a chance to kind of earn a marquee win very, very early. Uh, but you were just mentioning Mick, uh, that, that this seemed like a year with other teams in the big 10 West down that Purdue could make some noise. And part of the reason they've been able to do that, of course, is because of their offense. Uh, Purdue enters this game with the fifth best scoring offense in the Big Ten, uh, but they have the second best passing offense in the Big Ten, just behind Ohio State uh, and right behind Michigan and Ohio State in first downs, third in first downs in the Big Ten uh, offense led by a veteran quarterback in Aiden O'Connell. Uh, he, he's a veteran. This is fourth year kind of in a starting role. Uh, but really, the big name has been Charlie Jones, who who Michigan saw last year at Iowa uh, Chuck Sizzle, I believe, is the name that Gus Johnson has given him, uh, transferred over and has just been electric, uh, been electric in ways that Iowa wide receivers, frankly, haven't been. Uh, so, Mick, let's talk about this offense. Uh, what do you expect to see from Aiden O'Connell? I know he's maybe even been out this week uh, because he's had some tough, tough family circumstances. Uh, but what does Purdue do so well from the offensive standpoint? Yeah, they... they... They run almost, and it's tough this year because they've really committed to running the ball with Devin Mockaby, who's been good for him. But for the most part, they, they like to air it out. And that the thing that has been is luckily they got Charlie Jones to transfer in or else that they, they kind of be in a tough spot. Their best wide receiver that returned from last year, Milton Wright, he had some academic issues, didn't qualify, wasn't able to play this year. So then you're looking at they have TJ Sheffield, Payne Durham, their tight end, who's second team all Big Ten. They have some other good pass catchers, but Charlie Jones, like you said, he's been the focal point of it all, and it runs through him. And it, honestly, if he if Michigan is able to pull off the upset over Michigan, it's going to be a, a lot of him, and it's going to be a lot of him getting deep and beating some of these corners, which is probably about the only way that a team might be able to challenge and beat Michigan's defense is on the outside with those corners. Um, they, they throw the ball around a lot. Like I said, they've committed to running the ball as well this year, but Against and Jeff Brom said it. This is the front best front seven, best front four that they've played all year in Michigan. So I imagine they're going to try and stick to that, try and run the ball, but it's going to be tough. So I'm it's going to be on Aiden O'Connell's shoulders. And like you said, he's going to against Wisconsin. He did not play well against Iowa. He did not play well, and against Minnesota, which are the three best defenses they put face in the Big Ten this year. He's thrown multiple interceptions in each of those games. He did play well against Illinois. Still threw an interception there, but played better than he did in those other games. And it's it's going to go on him. If he plays well and Charlie Jones plays well, they could keep this game close and even maybe pull off the upset against Michigan. If they plays like he did against Wisconsin, this could be over by the end of the first quarter. It, it, it's a high frequency, and it depends on where Aiden O'Connell's at. And obviously, you never want to be in the situation he's in. He's dealing with a loss in the family. So it's hard to know what he's going to get. He dealt with that last game, and he played well. But 
it's, it's a lot's going to be on his shoulders this week and there's a lot of variables going behind him. Yeah. And to that point, Mick, uh, we were actually talking to JJ McCarthy earlier this week and, and he mentioned that he has reached out to Aiden O'Connell to kind of express his condolences. Uh, I know he was away from the team earlier this week as, as he was kind of tending to the family things, but he is expected to start uh, on Saturday. So he will return if he hasn't already uh, to start for Purdue um, just throwing out some stats here for, for Charlie Jones. Uh, he's got 1200 receiving yards this season, 12 receiving touchdowns, uh, really, really impressive stuff. Um, another weapon for, for the Purdue offense is the tight end Payne Durham. Uh, he is a veteran. He, he's been around the program for a long time and, and is just a really steady presence there. Mick, when this offense isn't working well, you know, you, you mentioned sometimes it's just Aiden O'Connell's having a, a rough game. What are some other ways that sometimes the offense breaks down? Yeah, and I, and I think it's why Aiden kind of played good, but he was limited against Illinois. Illinois and uh, Iowa did it a lot down the stretch, and I even think Wisconsin and Minnesota, like the better defense they placed did it. You're, you're, this Purdue offense, because they don't have some of the secondary and tertiary options. At wide receiver, Payne Durham is a very good tight end, but he's not stretched the field like they would like to have. So when they – Teams have had success sort of shifting a, sh- a safety over top of him, let it, letting him catch curls, digs, outs, things that are 10 to 15 yards, rallying to the ball and tackle and making him settle for those. When he's been good, he's beaten teams deep. He beat Indiana deep. He beat uh, Penn State deep. He's beat a lot of these teams deep all year, and that's when he's been at his best. But teams have had a lot of success shifting coverage towards him and forcing Aiden O'Connell to beat beat them by um beat him using the other weapons. And that's what they did against Illinois. TJ Sheffield was their leading wide receiver. Payne Durham was their second leading wide receiver, the pass catcher. And then, then Jones. So if, and it's going to have to be a lot of Jones, but it's also going to have to be just a lot of yards in general. Aiden O'Connell is going to have to have probably his best game of the season to really have this offense operating against this Michigan defense at the way they need to pull off that upset. Yeah. It's uh, and one thing Michigan's done really well this year. And I think that was really highlighted by the Ohio state game is, is Michigan has not given up a lot of big plays this year. So uh, it, it will be interesting to see how Michigan approaches this game, you know, against the Buckeyes, Michigan was actually pretty content with, you know, running out the front four, uh, dropping, dropping seven back in coverage and, you know, letting CJ Stroud sit back in the pocket and, and pick up, you know, sometimes five, 10, 15 yards, uh, but the reality is that there were no plays, no, very few big explosive plays. Michigan really made Ohio State drive the length of the field. And sometimes those turned into interceptions. Sometimes those turned into field goals. And only a couple times did that actually turn into a touchdown. Uh, Michigan got touchdowns on the other end and was able to to pull off that upset in uh, in Columbus. All right, Mick, we're going to take a quick break here. Come back and talk about the Purdue defense. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are back, folks, on the Michigan Insider, Michigan.247sports.com. We are going behind enemy lines with Mick Walker from the Boiler Sports Report, our 24-7 sports affiliate. Uh, he covers all things Boilermakers, and we are now going to shift gears and talk about this Purdue defense. Uh, Purdue certainly is a team that when you look at them, you think uh, you think offense first ahead of defense. Uh, Boilermakers this year are, are pretty consistent in that they are ranked eighth in scoring defense in the Big Ten, eighth in rush defense, and eighth in total defense. Uh, we were talking earlier this week to Matt Weiss, who's Michigan's offensive coordinator, co-offensive coordinator, and, and sort of runs the passing game. And what he said in his preview of the Boilermakers is that they're actually pretty simple in terms of coverages that they run. Uh, they're not too, doing anything too complex, uh, but that helps them stay sound. Uh, so it means that, you know, maybe in his eyes, uh, they're not they're not playing fundamentally unsound football. They're not going to give things up that are easy, uh, but at the same time, they're not throwing anything at you that is is too complex. Uh, so Mick, well, why, why don't you take us through this Purdue defense? What are some of the areas that it's strong in? What are some of the ways that offenses have been able to attack it this season? Yeah. And, uh, we mentioned, um, we mentioned it earlier, but, um, Jeff Brahms talked about how talented this Michigan team is and everything. And he even mentioned that he, again, cause he's three and zero against the AP top three teams. And that's a big stat. Everybody likes to use when it comes to this matchup because, because it makes it interesting, but he talked about in all those games, you have to have luck. And, and the thing is, Purdue has given up a lot of big plays this year. So if a Michigan's going to be – if they're going to be able to pull off the stop against this Michigan team, they are good on a down-to-down basis, first down, second down, stopping the run, doing things like that. If Michigan can beat them chunking away plays or hitting those explosive plays like they did against Ohio State where you're getting big 60-yarders, 70-yarders, that is where this Purdue team has been susceptible to giving up a lot of touchdowns and a lot of points is – People getting behind them and getting deep, and they've dealt with a, a ton of injuries in the secondary, a ton of different things in the front seven as well. So they've had to handle that. But teams have been, that have been able to beat them deep, beat them explosively, they've just been gashed and gashed all year. Um, so they they could – it's going to take some luck for them to be able to pull off – both sides of the ball to pull off an upset against Michigan. But the straight up, like you said, they play fundamental defense. So they match up well against a down-to-down basis of Michigan. It's going to be whether – how those big plays go. And and so far this year, it hasn't gone Purdue's way when those big plays hit on their defense. When we were talking to Matt Weiss, again, that's, that's Michigan's offensive coordinator. A couple names he brought up on, on the defense for Purdue uh, were uh, first in, in edge or, or a defensive, a defensive end, Jack Sullivan, uh, number 99, who's had himself a solid year and a pretty solid career. And he also brought up a uh, corner, Corey Trice, uh, who I believe was injured uh, last year or a couple of seasons ago. And he's come back and he's had uh, a pretty solid, uh, I think, fourth or fifth season as well. Uh, Mick, what are some, maybe them or some other names that, that we should know uh, from a Michigan perspective on the defensive side for the Boilermakers? Yeah, the Corey Trice is probably their best corner out this year. This year. Reese Taylor, the other corner, they both have been solid. Neither of them have been all too spectacular, but they've been good. Um, the, the guy that it runs through primarily is Jalen Graham. He's a Detroit kid. He's a, he plays their hybrid, their linebacker safety role. And so he's going to get a lot of the, 
the loose schoon makers, the tight ends, Colson Loveland, those kind of guys. He'll get those matchups, and that's good and bad for Purdue. When he's played in the front in the front seven, attacked and played in the box and made tackles, he had a very good game against Illinois and Indiana. But Sam Laporta, the Iowa tight end, did get him a number of times down the seam and for big plays in the passing game. So he's been good and good in the in the box. Struggle a little bit in coverage, but if he if Purdue's going to win, he's going to he's going to be the guy that steps up and make plays. He's their big name. Uh, outside of that, they have a ton of, like you said, fundamentally sound. They play fundamentally sound football. They have a ton of fundamentally sound football players, uh, front seven deep all over the place. It's just about winning their individual matchup consistently, and that, and that's sort of what they rely on is just playing sound football and getting off the field and getting the ball back to the offense. Well, when when I was checking the spread earlier today, looked like Michigan was favored by more than two touchdowns. I believe it was 16 points or so. Uh, I know in in the conference call that that we had with Jeff Brom, and as you've mentioned uh, this evening, uh, Purdue needs Michigan to make some mistakes. You know, Jeff Brom admitted as such. Uh, it I think there's there's very little question that Michigan probably as a whole or Michigan playing its best game of football. Uh, probably wins comfortably against Purdue. That being said, this is a very emotional week for Michigan, right? This is a this is a Michigan team that has prepared for the past ten months for playing Ohio State and beating Ohio State, and now that's finally happened. And while players and the coaches can say, "Oh, we're not going to overlook Purdue. We're not going to overlook this next game." these are still 19, 20, 21, 22 year olds and football is an emotional game. And, you know, after such, you know, after such uh, a victory, after such a emotional moment down in Columbus, I, I could certainly see how maybe there's a little bit of a lack of focus this week. There is still a big 10 championship on the line. Uh, and, and I do think that that Michigan from a leadership perspective, both from players and coaches, isn't going to let itself take Purdue lightly uh, but I could see them having maybe a little bit of a hangover for a couple series. Mick, what do you think are some of the X factors to this game? And, and how do you think it's going to play out in Indianapolis this weekend? Yeah, like, we, like I said earlier, a lot of it's going to rely on Charlie Jones and Aiden O'Connell being able to make plays. Um, I, I watched Ohio State-Michigan. I watched Ohio State-Michigan uh, a few times this year. And, and like you said, uh, the front seven, Mozzie Smith, like Mike, Mike Morris, those guys are very talented up front those guys will be able to get after Aiden O'Connell because the Purdue offense line is good, but they are down a handful of starters from where they started the year. Um, those guys will be able to win their individual matchup. And I, I don't know how well Purdue's going to run the ball, but if Purdue is able to win one-on-one matchups with Charlie Jones and, uh, and Turner or Green, the corners for Michigan, that could be the problematic part of it. And if they're able to get, like you said, Michigan hasn't given up big plays. If Purdue's able to hit some of those, that could be – that that's the next factor. And Charlie Jones is their biggest um, – their biggest X factor guy when it comes to get, making big plays. Then on defense, um, it's really going to come down to them, like the big long touchdowns, the Cornelius Johnson. They can't give those up. You can't give up big touchdown passes to the tight ends. You have to be able to limit them and hope that. Honestly, you have to hope that JJ McCarthy didn't play like he did against Ohio State because he he had played the best he has all season. He hit some big plays, passed for a ton of yards. If you if you play that, if you're able to play Michigan in a way that you can limit J.J. McCarthy and make them run the ball. That is, And then you hit big plays offensively. That is what's going to be able to keep Purdue in this game is they're going to need big plays and they're going to need to limit Michigan's big plays. Outside of that, it, it, like we said, if, if things get bad, it, it could get ugly because of how much Purdue will have to pass the ball. 
Well, we will see how it all plays out on Saturday night in Indianapolis. Uh, Mick, thank you so much for taking the time. I know it's a, it's a busy week for you from both a football standpoint and a basketball standpoint. Uh, of course, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, you can catch all of our coverage throughout the week over at 247sports.com, uh, over at the Boiler Sports Report, and over at the Michigan Insider, michigan.247sports.com. Uh, for myself, Alejandro Suniga, Mick, again, thank you so much. Uh, we'll catch you in Indianapolis.